Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Day Sun Digest podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Angelina Davis. I'm a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dayson. And today I want to review a paper that came out in the open forum, Infectious Diseases, that discusses clindamycin plus vancomycin versus linazolid for the treatment of necrotizing soft tissue infection. The topic of this article caught my eye because we continue to struggle with appropriate treatment for necrotizing soft tissue infections, mainly because it is an unknown and we're dealing with a life-threatening infection that requires prompt attention. And often surgical intervention is required. However, we are very much focused on getting the appropriate antibiotics started when we see a patient that presents in any of our centers that seems to have a necrotizing process. Necrotizing fasciitis is an infection of the deep soft tissue. So this infection results in the progressive destruction of much of the muscle fascia and overlying subcutaneous fat that exists. And because of the low blood supply within the muscle fascia, it can spread rather rapidly. With that being the case, these infections can carry with them increased mortality and morbidity. These infections can be polymicrobial or they can be monomicrobial. Therefore, we have to consider the number of different bacteria pathogens that can be involved, as well as the possibility that group A streptococcus can be present, which actually produces exotoxins that can induce cytokine production that do contribute to shock as well as tissue destruction and organ failure. With all of these things in mind, having the right combination of antibiotics is critical. And often the combination of clindamycin, vancomycin, and piperacillin tazobactam is commonly used. However, even with such a broad regimen, concerns still exist. We have to, one, consider the fact that resistance in streptococcus species to clindamycin has risen over the years. Additionally, Clindamycin is commonly associated with the onset of C. difficile infection, making it another antibiotic which often is avoided because of this risk. And we also have to consider the nephrotoxicity risk associated with the use of vancomycin. When combining all of these elements together, one could question whether or not this is an optimal regimen for the management of necrotizing soft tissue infections. Now, one other option that exists is the use of linazolid. And linazolid is an interesting choice because it also decreases toxin production through the inhibition of exotoxin expression. So what this means is that we can have some similar derived benefit to the use of clindamycin in the regimen, as well as extensive gram-positive coverage and the reduction in the number of antibiotics actually being administered. So changing or shifting from two antibiotics to one, which can decrease costs, also can increase the patient's quality of care and comfort and also decrease overall healthcare costs if this regimen proves to be beneficial. So 
this article, I think, addresses something that many of us have questioned over time and sheds a little bit more light on what has become a more commonly uh, managed infection and thinking about ways that we can improve and optimize its management as we move into the future. So the aim of this study was to evaluate the safety of linazolid versus clindamycin plus vancomycin as empiric treatment for necrotizing soft tissue infections. The methods of this study were rather simple and straightforward. It was a retrospective single-center quasi-experimental study that evaluated clindamycin plus vancomycin versus linazolid in combination with the standard gram-negative and anaerobic therapy for the treatment of necrotizing soft tissue infection. Now, this was conducted at a large academic hospital in Western Pennsylvania, and it included and compared two separate time periods. So the pre-intervention time period was from June 2018 through June 2019, and then there was a post-intervention period that went from May of 2020 through October of 2021. Because of the retrospective nature of this study, patients were identified using ICD-10 codes for necrotizing soft tissue infection or fernier gangrene. And upon identification, only patients who received surgical management within 24 hours of diagnosis and had at least one dose of linazolid or clindamycin given were included. When you look at the exclusions, they included receiving management outside of that particular facility or if they remain in the emergency department for greater than 24 hours before they uh, were taken to surgery for intervention or if they transition to comfort measures or comfort care and die within 48 hours of admission. The goal was to capture patients that would truly reflect the outcome of antibiotic use and the impact that that had on their overall uh, morbidity and mortality. The primary endpoint of this study was 30-day mortality. So that was the major outcome that was being explored. However, there were a number of secondary outcomes that were evaluated, and those included the rates of acute kidney injury, uh, C. difficile infection, inpatient mortality, 60-day mortality, the duration of total antibiotic exposure, emission bacterial culture that grew gram-positive bacteria resistant to clindamycin or linazolid. Uh, they also explored the duration of clindamycin and linazolid, duration of vasopressor use, time to resolution of leukocytosis, intensive care length of stay, hospital length of stay, discharge to home, thrombocytopenia, and serotonin syndrome. So there were a number of secondary outcomes that were explored through this retrospective process. And I do want to mention that patients in the pre-intervention period were matched with patients in the post-intervention period. As a result, 274 patients were identified to be evaluated. Now, of those, 164 patients actually met inclusion criteria, and that resulted in 62 patients being placed in the pre-intervention arm and 102 being placed in the post-intervention arm or period. Now, I do want to mention that there were some shifts and notable shifts in compliance with the standardized order set that was used from 
43.5% in the pre-intervention period to 75.8% in the post-intervention period. So greater compliance in the post-intervention period, and this was statistically significant. In the match cohort, there was no difference observed in the rate of 30-day mortality. So the percent of mortality was 8.06% in the pre-intervention period and 6.45% in the post-intervention period. So there was no difference. There was also notably no difference in Clostridium difficile infection, but they did notice that the acute kidney injury occurred more frequently in the pre-intervention group. With those things in mind, linazolid appears to be a safe and effective alternative to clindamycin plus vancomycin with one of the most notable differences, that being the acute kidney injury, being related more closely to vancomycin rather than a clindamycin or linazolid. Also, One thing that has to be considered when uh, evaluating this data is the fact that the vast majority of these infections were polymicrobial. And due to the low number, it's hard to draw any meaningful conclusions around specific management of infections due to group A strep, where we are more concerned with toxin production and its impact on the outcome. Also, when you look at the adverse events documented from the use of linazolid, there were no patients that experienced serotonin syndrome, which is one of the most common concerns that we would have, despite 20% of the linazolid-exposed patients also receiving at least one agent that would be deemed to be uh, a drug interaction that may lead to serotonin syndrome. I also want to highlight one other finding because I do think that this definitely plays a major role in the out the overall primary outcome, which was the 30-day mortality. And that is the fact that the time to surgery and the overall surgical management of patients did not vary between the pre-intervention and the post-intervention period. So in both groups, those rates of, uh, were similar where patients did receive rapid surgical intervention and receives overall surgical management that was similar. So as a retrospective study, this is uh, definitely thought-provoking in the fact that it leads us to question whether or not there is more substantial data to support the use of something like linazolid as opposed to vancomycin clindamycin most notably because of the decreased risk in acute kidney injury that may be associated with the use of vancomycin, which is going to be required if you are also using clindamycin. When we consider limitations to this study and is ap- how applicable it is to our everyday practice, one of the first things that we always have to remember is that this was a retrospective single center observational study. So uh, we have to definitely take that into strong consideration. But also, I do want to highlight the fact that the post-intervention period of this study actually occurred in the 
heat, I would say, of the pandemic, um, of the global pandemic. So the time period of post-intervention went from 2020 to 2021. And as we know, there were a lot of differences in terms of care, management, access, even to ICU space, as well as surgical OR space uh, during that time period because of many of the constraints that we had as we navigated the pandemic. Also, interestingly enough, 46% of patients in the post-intervention group actually received one day of clindamycin before they were switched to linazolid. It's believed that this happened through a uh, return to previous practice in the emergency department that then was shifted when an order with the new order set was started upon transition to the floor. So with that in mind, we're still dealing with a group of patients that had exposure in, um, you know, almost half of the cases to clindamycin, even if it was for one day. So there are a number of limitations here that keeps us from making this more of a definitive study to change practice. But I do think it raises a lot of interesting questions as to whether or not use of linazolid in something like piperacillin, tazelbactam, or zosin could be a simplified regimen and a possible safer regimen from the standpoint of nephrotoxicity to use as opposed to the combination of clindamycin and vancomycin with piperacillin tazelbactam. So those are some questions that I think we often have, and it can give us another potential option when we do have patients that are receiving this broad therapy and find that they are having some negative impacts with regards to their kidney function, uh, use of linazolid and zosin or piperacillin tazelbactam may be another potential option. So once again, this is a small, <laughs> I want to emphasize this, a small retrospective uh, study that found that there was no difference in 30-day mortality between the use of a regimen, broad-spectrum regimen that contained vancomycin and clindamycin versus solely linazolid in combination with standard gram-negative and anaerobic coverage for the management of necrotizing soft tissue infection. I do think it provides more insight into what is possible for use and allows us to explore the comparison of these regimens in greater depth as we move forward. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in obtaining a copy of this article, you can find this article in the Open Forum Infectious Diseases. It is entitled Clindamycin plus Vancomycin versus Linazolid for Treatment of Necrotizing Soft Tissue Infection. The lead author is Joshua Dorazio, and it was published online May 11th of 2023. You can also find this information in the description and at the Daysun website. I hope to talk to you again very soon. All right, take care. Thank you.